This is Coffee at KYUK, conversation between friends and neighbors. Come in and have a cup. Joining us on Coffee today, we have Brian Wilson and Olivia Stemkowski speaking with KYUK's Francisco Martinez Cuello about the effort to access the problem of homelessness in Bethel. What is your name? Olivia Stemkowski. So I work at the Cuscoquim Consortium Library as the Adult Services Coordinator and Jesuit Volunteer. Usually Project Homeless Connect is like a between 15 and 20 agencies and organizations that come together to be in one spot and we provide food, clothing and stuff like that, donations, which are always good to provide for those who need it. The point in time survey is pretty important because overall Project Homeless Connect is a nationwide volunteer-run event that happens, try to do it every other, every quarter or so. And there was one in November, there was, and the next one will probably be in April. The point in time survey is very important because it brings all the data that we have of the people who are experiencing homelessness, um, living in a shelter, or um, kind of seeing these hardships and trying to get data on how homelessness is being impacted in Bethel specifically. We do these surveys to kind of understand what's going on, who's experiencing what, and how we can help those and try to solve the issue of homelessness and housing. What what have you seen? What I've noticed and from what I've been told um, since I just recently moved here is that the Bethel Winter House, they experience people coming in um, a lot, especially since they're only open for a certain amount of time. And there's people usually, you see people walking around outside and like sleeping outside. And so with Bethel Winter House, they're trying to stay open as long as they can and usually during the winter we see a spike in homelessness um, especially in the library a lot more people come in and we want to provide accessible services and to help those who are experiencing homelessness especially as the adult services coordinator I want to provide a more assistance for those who are experiencing homelessness PHC we try to have it once every quarter or so but usually Project Homeless Connect tries to happen before the winter house opens or during, especially during January when it's colder out, to provide like more gear, resources for them to have accessible, and then one more time before winter house closes until they open up back again in October. As the adult services coordinator, hosting Project Homeless Connect is, has become a very big part of the position, and especially in the library, one of the significance of working here is providing easier access to information. The really important thing was my past JV volunteers, they have always put on Project Homeless Connect for the past four or five years that's been happening. So it's fairly recent, but it has been seen that Project Homeless Connect was a part of a solution to provide those who need it with resources and information and it seems to work out and help a lot of people who do need it. And um, spreading the word is pretty important where I would make flyers, I would reach out to multiple agencies way before in advance to try to get their participation and I've been like at this point, a lot of agencies and organizations are kind of used to the routine and know that it's coming when it does happen. And I'm very grateful for all those agencies just being able to help out and volunteer and provide those services because it is a very important event to the community. 
And then I guess, is there anything else that I'm missing? Anything else you want to say? Anything people should know um, in the audience? I am always looking for donations for Project Homeless Connect. Um, It is a very important um, event that has come, what I've learned has come very close to my heart, and I enjoy hosting it and planning it because I know there's a lot of hardworking people that put their top efforts into making this uh, program and event a successful one. My name is uh, Brian Wilson. I'm the Executive Director of the Alaska Coalition on Housing and Homelessness. Our organization, we're a 501c3 nonprofit. We are the Alaska Balance of State Continuum of Care entity, essentially a geographic region that HUD has assigned to different organizations to carry out the day-to-day planning and implementation of that uh, geographic homeless response and prevention network. And part of that is every year, every single continuum of care region is mandated to conduct an annual point in time count. And that count has to happen sometime in the last 10 days of January. So in Alaska, it's very challenging because we only have two regions. There's one in Anchorage, which is ran by the Anchorage Coalition and Homelessness. Then there's one called the Balanced State, which is everywhere else. So our organization is uh, responsible for overseeing the point-in-time count for uh, 660,000 square miles of Alaska, and that looks very different depending on where you're at. If you were to look at our statewide point-in-time count numbers year over year, you'd actually see a pretty consistent number of folks that are being counted every year in emergency shelters who are unsheltered and people in transitional housing. There's a couple nuances in point-in-time count data, and we don't typically like to use point-in-time count data to describe the overall need in our state. It's just a literal snapshot, but is restricted by federal definitions of what they consider somebody experiencing homelessness, and also is restricted by our ability to count individuals. For example, there's a lot of communities that have no housing or homeless service agencies. We only have the ability to count where we have people who can conduct a count. So that's why you'll see we have 15 or 16 or so communities across the state that participate in the count, but there's a whole lot of communities that we're sending numbers up to HUD saying there's nobody experiencing homelessness here when we know that's not true. We just don't have the capacity to count them. It doesn't capture anything about our overcrowding problems that we experience in rural Alaska. It doesn't capture folks who are enrolled in permanent supportive housing or rapid rehousing programs, and it's really only looking at a single day. So you'll see our statewide numbers every year usually float around 2,000 or so total, but we know from the data we collect every day of the year that typically we'll serve over 15,000 unique Alaskans in some way over the course of the year. And talk to me about the demographics of the folks that are experiencing homelessness. Uh, Alaska Native individuals are overrepresented in our homeless population compared to their state population. Uh, That's a significant concern, Um, a priority of our coalition to address 
to identify those inequities and identify ways that we can make sure that everybody who's experiencing homelessness has a fair and equitable access to the resources we have on hand. The sheer size of our geography as well is very challenging. We operate in a very hub and spoke model where our services are generally located in rural hubs, but we know that our clients are accessing services in these hubs from a number of smaller communities around and aren't always located physically in these hubs as well, although they may be experiencing housing challenges outside of those hub communities. And so we always have to put a little asterisk next to the data that we present to the public for point-in-time count so that folks understand that this isn't the extent of the homeless population in Alaska. What we see from a housing challenge in rural Alaska is a unique situation from pretty much anywhere else in the nation. Uh, we have regions where over 50% of the houses uh, meet the federal definition for overcrowded. And we know that our smaller communities, particularly in rural Alaska, are culturally really tight-knit. We don't want to see our neighbors or our brothers or our extended family out in the cold uh, in the severe weather where it could be a life-or-death situation. And so we bring them into our homes. And in most of rural Alaska, people's homes are standing in as the shelter system. I've been in a home that was 800 square feet that had 24 people in it where they had to sleep in shifts because there just wasn't enough physical space. And that's an extremely challenging problem to handle as a state coalition because the grants that we have aren't intended to address that type of a severe situation. So there's a lot of square peg, round hole challenges that we face when trying to ad address our full scope of housing problems in Alaska. We are exhausting every avenue we can walk down to find additional funding for our state to address our housing problems. In our little piece of the pie in the housing homeless world, we have been relatively competitive for pulling down new funding, particularly HUD funding to address homelessness. And our region, the balance of the state of Alaska, has been perennially underfunded based on the amount of need that we have, despite having a very high number of people who are experiencing housing challenges. And so the gains we can make, even by being super competitive for these funds, are significantly smaller than larger communities that have larger numbers of people that meet those federal definitions for being homeless. The system isn't built to address these topics and we're always looking for ways that we can really make that point that this is a unique situation that nowhere else in the nation is facing. Despite the challenges that I've mentioned, I do feel like Point in Time Count and Project Homeless Connect events are extremely informative at the community level. We have some really strong leaders in Bethel that have put in months and months and months of planning to be able to put on an event like this, which will collect information really speaking to not just how many people are experiencing homelessness, but the specific needs of those individuals. 
How many folks have a disability? How long have folks been homeless? How many people are fleeing a domestic violence situation? How many people meet the chronic homelessness definition by HUD standards? That's all golden information for communities to use in their strategic planning and for identifying what is needed locally. And Bethel is a shining example of the, the power of, of having a, a very high understanding of the local needs. If you look at the permanent supportive housing project that they're putting together, that's a huge data-driven project that's going to address the specific needs of people that they have engaged with and know that this is a tailor-made program for those individuals. That's KYUK's Francisco Martinez-Cuello speaking with Brian Wilson and Olivia Stemkowski. Join us tomorrow for a discussion of the effects of the warming climate on the region's permafrost. This is Coffee at KYUK. That's Coffee weekday mornings at 8.40. Catch up on old episodes by visiting kyuk.org. Or find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your favorite podcast.